This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Hey, everybody. I'm Carson. And I'm Kelly. And you're listening to Fastlane Family, brought to you by Bedhead by TG. For a full range of professional styling products, allowing you to express your own personal style, from work to play, light hold or stronghold, visit fantasticsams.com for a salon location near you. Welcome to my first episode of Fastlane Family this year. My guest today is Richard Childers. So excited to be up here at Richard Childers Racing. How are you today? Great. Uh, been out walking this morning. First day it was over 40, so I get out and do my walk <laughs> two and a half miles every day. Oh, wow. So yeah. that's how you staying in shape these days? Yeah, that and trying to watch a little better what I eat. So. Miss Judy go out walking with you? No, huh? No. She Just by myself. <laughs> that's some yeah. good thinking time for you. Oh, it is, and that's what I usually do. I'll... I'll try to plan out what I want to do that day and try to figure out where we're at, where we're going. And uh, uh, so it gives me some time by myself. Yeah, that's important. So, uh, Richard, this year is uh, my fourth uh, year of podcast, and I'm excited to have Carson along with me. How are you, Carson? Good. Carson is co-hosting Fastlane Family this year, and we're going to be a duo. And, And also, it's my 100th episode. No kidding. Well, congratulations. Yeah. And yeah. congratulations <laughs> I get to, to you, be, My first episode is the 100th. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, we're just going to um, talk fun stories. I've been wanting to uh, talk with you, Richard, uh, for a couple years now, and, and we finally got some mobile equipment here that we can uh, move around with. Um, we're coming up on uh, the season with Daytona. Excited about that. You've got a good outlook for, for your team this year? Yeah, everybody's worked, uh, you know, just like every race team, you can't say, well, we've worked really hard or really <laughs> smart because everybody's doing that. And uh, But we, we feel that we've gained on it. NASCAR each year throws us a few curveballs. we got a different restrictor plate. we got some uh, different things, a lot of different rules going in. Uh, we have the uh, format has changed this year. Uh, you'll be – racing for points in the 150 and those points can carry over into the uh, uh, final you know I, I don't think we call it a chase I think we call yeah. it playoffs now so <laughs> it takes New me terminology. it's gonna take me a while to uh, get over I even occasionally call things Winston Cup occasionally that's how far <laughs> back I go yep well we know that you do go far back and congrats on your Hall of Fame uh, induction that was a special night to be there alongside and, and watch uh, that night yeah, it, it was great, and especially having uh, our family and Dale's yeah. family and everyone there. It was just a cool night to, uh, uh, you know, be with all the greats, too. You know, all you look back at all the people that was in the Hall of Fame. I think it's 40 of us now. And to be among those 40 is quite an honor for me, and it's humbling because where I came from and to be able to be there is uh, – pretty humbling yeah it's a it's such a time of reflection I think because we get so caught up in today and uh, that was uh, really cool I thought for that that's when I get to reflect back is when we can stop and celebrate people like you and and doing it that long yeah and what I did I you know to try to put a speech together you know (laughs) you only got a few million watching on tv and a couple of thousand there so I uh you know, I really got concerned of how I wanted to do it. I wrote the whole thing myself, and uh, I was a little nervous of all the way up till Friday morning. And Friday morning, we went in there and did the rehearsal, and uh, I said, you know, I'm going to have some fun with this. This is quite an honor, and uh, I've, I've actually in- introduced Dale when he went in the Hall of Fame. I did his, uh, I guess you call it induction or however they did it, yeah. and uh uh, brought you guys up, the whole family, and yep. gave the uh, the ring. And it was really a, a neat day. And to realize that I was in there with the greats and one of my best friends, Dale Earnhardt, yeah. was really special, you know. Yeah, very cool. Well, let's talk about that. So, um, and you, you alluded in your speech that um, much of what Richard Childers was built upon was the relationship between you and dad and uh seven let's what is it 17 official years seasons together almost 17 16 yeah (laughs) half a year somewhere in there (laughs) yeah we went uh in in 2000 in 2000 in uh see let me get 84 is one of the first seasons right yeah in 1981 dale and i got together and ran 10 races we were hunting in south carolina and the whole time we were hunting we had always talk about getting back together 
And those were some of the funnest days in my life was being able to go down there. I never will forget we bought an old trailer together, uh, and he borrowed somebody's uh, rig to pull it down there, and he and I pulled that thing down there, and we were setting it up, and we were having a few cool ones and laughing and giggling. And uh, next thing we know, we get back together a couple of years later, and it was so much fun. So how how did you and dad, my dad meet? I mean, I guess it was through racing, and but you started a friendship of hunting together first? Well, actually, my brother was the chief steward at Caraway Speedway. And he called me one Sunday morning after the Saturday night race, and he said, hey, if you ever look at a driver, you got to look at this kid, Dale Earnhardt. said, him and Butch Lindley were racing for the win at Caraway, and said, Dale, come across the line up on the wall and won the race. And he said, I'm telling you, you better look at him. So I didn't give it any more thought. Now, you were driving yourself yeah, I was, then, though, right? Yeah, I was so driving myself. You and, weren't uh, really thinking about replacing yourself? No. And uh, – then uh, in uh, 1975 or 6, six I guess it was, we ran Caraway Speedway. I mean, not Caraway, but Metrolina. And uh, I told this story in the uh, Hall of Fame, but we ran that race in uh, Metrolina. And uh, after the race was over, Kel and I got together going into three. I come around and won the race, and Dale finished second. He beat Kel back around. And uh, – we were sitting there, and he come over and started talking to me, congratulating me, and poked me in the chest. And he said, I never will forget that. And said, next time I race with you, I'll win. He's won everything <laughs> since, you know. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's when our friendship kind of began. And the next week at the run, we, had, we didn't talk much. And the next time he ran Edna Grease's car, I think it was, maybe at Darlington. My mind's a little slower okay. than it used to yeah. be. But I think that's what it's it was. It's a lot to remember all those yeah. years. <laughs> and and we, every time we'd be together, he'd come over and talk. And we'd talk about racing. We'd talk about hunting and stuff. And then I guess it was 80 or 81 a friend of ours mutual friend got us in a hunting club together and um, I think it was after the first 10 races we raced together and uh, down in South Carolina and that's really when the friendship really began because we'd uh, we'd lay back there on that old I'd always have to get in the top. He'd take the bottom bunk down there. We had these bunks in a trailer. And we'd lay in there and talk about wanting to get back together again and how we'd get back together. That's a really long story. And someday I want to write that book about how I started as a kid. And I want it to be, people say, why don't you write a book? Why don't you write a book? But I want to wait to where I want it to be inspirational enough to young kids to know that they can go out and make it if they just, you know, follow your dreams. That's the biggest yeah. thing I did when I was a little kid. And uh, and that's what I want to do. I want to influence other people to follow their dream. Well, you can you can start getting it down. on You, you just start recording stories and thoughts and things like that. So when you're prepared to put it all together, it won't take you as long. I know. <laughs> yeah, a lot to – that's, yeah. that's going to oh, be – you could write probably a few volumes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. if you uh, – Started out when I was a kid, all the things that we went through. See, my dad died when I was five. That's the other thing about Dale and I. I think it helped our friendship so much was we uh, we were had a lot in common besides just racing and hunting. And we'd both lost our dads. I'd lost mine a lot younger. We, we didn't go through school like we either one of us really wanted to. We had that in common. We uh, uh, had our mothers were about the same type of ladies great uh ladies and uh you know it was just a, a lot that we could talk about yeah. and uh, and we built a lot of respect for each other yeah yeah um you you mentioned um you know being an inspiration for kids and 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 um when my dad drove for you you know he was 30 and into his early 30s in 84 when he when he started full time today these kids are 17, 18, 16, <laughs> coming yeah. into the sport. Um, what's your thoughts on that, you know, as far as – because, you know, we're, we're, we're pushing our kids so early, soon, you know. Yeah, well, I, you know, <laughs> I look back at, at Austin and Ty. I would buy them go-karts and stuff when they were 11, 12, 10, 11, 12 years old. And, uh, but they were really into uh, baseball, football, mm-hmm. basketball, you know, kids stuff. And I'm really glad – 
that they got to go through and do all the kid stuff. I don't think they started till they were 13 and 15, and that's old today, I guess. Some yeah. of these kids are starting at <laughs> six, eight, nine, go-kart racing. and uh, But they uh, they had an opportunity to uh, do what kids like to do and should do is enjoy that part of life. And then uh, They should then just be a kid. Be a yeah, kid yep, and do yep, what you want to yep. do. And I, I told them, I said, uh, okay, I bought them the last go-kart, and they raced down here at some of the little track and parked them. And uh, I said, okay, next time you all want to do something, call me. And uh, so Ty called me. I think he had turned 13. He had just turned 13. He says, well, Pop Pop, you said call you if we ever want to go racing. I said, Austin, I want to go racing. <laughs> That was the most expensive call I've ever had. <laughs> I know that a little too well, yeah. too, there. Yeah. yeah. And tell us, Carl, tell me about, uh, did you get to do all the sports stuff before you started racing? Yeah, when I was in elementary school, like, I played a lot of basketball and volleyball. And then once I got to sixth grade, the school I was at, they didn't have any sports yet. So I was just racing and sticking with racing. And I... Pretty much from about sixth grade to now, like, I yeah. haven't really done any of the typical sports. Like, I've just raced. And I played volleyball some last year, but it's mostly just been racing. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'd say in it's a, in your blood. Yeah. I was going to say, when you're in a racing family, it's yeah. just, You ain't got really another option. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Um, I, I think about um, – and, I mean, you, you spent – so much more time with my dad. I was a kid, you know, looking at my dad as a dad, you know, and I think about my kids and um, just he would be having a ball, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> I know. He I always be. wonder, like, what kind of, like, trouble him and I could get into and what yeah. we could get into together. Like, I just always oh, wonder. Lord, he like, would be spoiling y'all rotten, Oh, sure. and I guarantee you he would be. And, uh, you know, we, we had – so many other plans for the future that yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm saddened that a lot of that didn't work out, but I'll tell you what, your granddad would, you would be spoiled and you'd probably be <laughs> racing in a cup car. Maybe. I don't know. I know when she was born, uh, in September before he passed away, we went over to DEI. Um, I had her in her little pumpkin costume at a month old for Halloween and Lord of mercy. I didn't even get, I, I guess it was kind of good because I got a little mom time off, but he <laughs> took her in his arms and just went all through Dell and Hart Incorporated that day with her. Just as just a proud little peach, I swear. So oh, yeah. he would be, yeah, ha yeah he would. Uh, and we were talking true. about Wyatt a few minutes before we started um, and uh, talking about coming up to see your museum. And you've got yeah. how many cars of dads do you have there? I've, I've got total, I think I got 43 yeah. cars, and I have some of them in different uh, museums mm -hmm. on loan. Mm -hmm. uh, we probably got 30-something up here. I don't yeah. know how many we yeah. got, but I've got some on loan. I've got a couple still around my home, just different, yeah. different cars in different places. But I don't know. I started a museum back in the early 90s. You know, I had some cars, and we didn't want to sell them because we didn't want other people to know how how we were yeah. building our cars and let our <laughs> secrets out so i just kept holding them and holding them and all of a sudden here i am with six or seven cars and i had a few other old uh collectible cars that i so i started a little museum on the corner up here and just to put my stuff i had some of my cars i'd located some of the cars i drove i had some of them and and dale's cars and uh so today it's turned into a really neat museum and uh, uh that's a piece of advice I would give to young drivers and kids is to to think about holding on to stuff because right. I don't think at the you know when you're a 20 year old guy you don't think about that kind of thing right and then you're gonna have to go back and look for them later yeah <laughs> and pay for them I'd give anything for that old 47 Plymouth but yeah. it's probably sitting somewhere on a something metal has probably been crushed and no telling yeah, where it's who at knows? today. Who knows? Yeah. So I was, so yeah, I want to bring the kids up and go through the museum because Wyatt, um, uh, you know, he, he can pick dad out and, and knows the number three. So he gets confused a little bit with now the three back on the track and, yeah. and, and, um, you brought that back in 2014 after a, a pretty long, moratorium there for sitting on the sidelines um what was the inspiration behind that I know you and dad talked it's going to be family kids you know yeah. this number you know we 
And uh, how did Austin feel about that? Because that's a lot of pressure. Carson, it, you know, it she she has a lot of pressure just being a granddaughter. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, you know, we we talked about who we were going to put in the car when he retired, and that's a lot of a, another story way down the road. <laughs> and uh, but we uh, we had talked about who we were going to put in the car, and he said, "I want whoever you put in there. I want to see RCR successful." At that time, he had DEI, and. Uh, he said, I want to put somebody in the three that can go out here and win races for you. And uh, so when, you know, after we lost him, I wasn't never going to put anybody in three except at the time it would be family. Yeah. And uh, so we had uh, Austin. That was a car number he wanted when he had it on his baseball jersey, his foot, everything yeah. he played. Well, he, he had grew up as a three. kid. That number was awesome. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. That's and, all your everybody's. Yeah. And Ty wanted his dad's number, which was number two. And so uh, he started running to three in Bandoleras, I guess, when he was 15. And he had always ran it. And he kept asking me uh, when he went to his first uh, uh, K&N race. I said, no, we don't, I'm not ready to bring it back. So he was wanting to bring it back. And so when the time came... Uh, to bring it back in a truck, I guess it was 14. Yeah. Time flies yeah. so I much. know it does. Uh, it does. But uh, I decided in the only way I was going to do it, it would have been Dale Jr., Kerry, uh, one of the Earnharts yeah. would have been in it to bring it back and race it. And now Ty and Austin both are racing it. Yep. And uh, it's just Johnny Morris is a good friend, and he talked to me about wanting to bring it back and uh, – uh, we did with yeah. Austin and Bass Pro Shops yeah. and the number three. So, uh, you know, I'd say we had 95, 96% of the fans wanted to see it. And like everything, you're not going to make everyone oh, yeah. happy. <laughs> there are a few, but before I brought it back, I talked to you and yep. and Dale Jr. and made sure the family were good. And Mamma Earnhardt. Yeah. <laughs> her, you know, she, she wasn't real fond of it, I can tell you. But, uh, oh, she tells me. I can only imagine what she had to say. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, she's a beautiful lady still. Oh, gosh. I'm always happy when I get to see her. Oh, yes. And, uh, but that's how it all happened. And, uh, you know, they've won, Austin's won Xfinity and championships and a truck championship in it. And now he's at the biggest level, and he's wanting to win so bad. I think he wants to win for the three and the three fans more than he does himself because uh, we talk about it sometime. Yeah, and, and, you know, he, he'll get there. Yeah. He's going to get oh, there. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's fun to do it, and it brings back memories and uh, gives me some thinking about uh, Dale and, uh, and some yeah. of the things we'll pull into a racetrack, and I'll see that three there sitting in the garage area, and I'll think back about something about Dale and I at that point. Yeah, I got yeah. so many, so many <laughs> You're funny have stories. To get them. Well, tell us one. You got one that pops <laughs> up. Yeah, we that's, were, de- oh, yeah, that's Lord, one of my questions Carson's, I wanted yeah. was a funny story or like a predicament that y'all got yourselves into. <laughs> uh, I can't tell a few of them. <laughs> that, but well, okay, one that a lot of people don't know about, but. That you can't yeah. share. <laughs> okay. That you can't tell. I'll, I'll tell a, a funny one. And Dale was funny. You know, he, you know, uh, he was, he was, he had a personality that people just never realized. Everybody looked at him as the intimidator and he was the intimidator. But uh, I promise you, he, he had a personality around his friends and people that he really enjoyed being with. We were in Daytona. I'm saying it was probably 84, maybe 85. We were doing a deal with Wrangler, and uh, it was uh, Willie Nelson at that yeah. time. <laughs> and we had lettered the car up up here to shop, and Wrangler wanted to put Red-Headed Stranger across the back of the car. And because uh, Willie Nelson, that was a movie or, or a, I think he or did a movie yeah, at yeah, that time yeah. called The Red-Headed Stranger or something. I never will forget Dale coming in and uh and he the cover was off the car and he come over there and I was up in the back of the truck and he had been over to the car and looked at it and he come over there and he grabbed me and he said what is that on the back of the car I said Dale they wanted to put it on there some red-headed gal they had out the other night some of the guys and they said let's put it on there for her you go get that off of that car. 
And we got once we told him the story, we all died laughing yeah. about it. It oh was just goodness. so funny. I'm sure the That's first thing that one. yeah, I'm sure the first thing that popped into his mind is Teresa is not gonna like this. <laughs> I know. That's for sure. She wasn't either. Oh my god. <laughs> but Jack. once we explained it and then uh uh when we uh ran the Peter Max car. Mm-hmm. Now that was another story too, and that was a funny side of it. But he was that kind of a friend and partner, and uh, and I'll I'll go into something else about Dale in just a minute that set him apart from so so many other people in my opinion. But we did the Peter Max car, and they came in and did a proposal to us in their old conference room in our old where the museum is, and I could see him sitting over there at the other end of the table saying. There's no damn way I'm going to drive this car. Yeah, so the Peter Max car was the paint that f- yeah. for the Pink, listeners yellow, that don't know. It, so he's it, 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 what is Yeah, it was Max? yellow. Well, he was an artist, and this car looked like you just threw up a bunch of colors on it. It was pretty. It was hot pink and blue and yellow. Yeah. and yeah, But not his style, huh? I, not definitely <laughs> no. wasn't the intimidator. <laughs> so and, go ahead. Uh, so he, he said, we walked out of there. He says, I'm going to do this for good wrench. But I am not wearing no suit that looks like it. I said, I'll make sure that you don't have to wear a suit. But it was funny when we come that out That sounds of there. just like me. That sounds like me. It does yeah. sound like you. It he does. said, I will not wear a suit that looks like it. And he did. Yeah. I think he ended up having a white suit. But Peter Max did a, uh, like a third scale car or, or whatever that would be, a tenth or whatever it'd be for each one of us and hand painted and he said, you can send your grandson's college on this car. I don't know where wow. Dale's is, yeah. but mine's in the uh, – I'll have to take you over there sometime yeah, and we'll show you there. my – I got a little collectible room upstairs mm-hmm. that has so much really cool stuff from back in the day. I don't know what to do with it. I got so much of it up there <laughs> uh, from diecast that we did many, many years ago, articles, just all kind of – all the way through the history from my racing all the way around and Dale's more Dale stuff up there than anything. Yeah, that I am. We're, we're going to be moving here in the summer. And I was talking about, I've got so much die cast and collectible stuff too, just in tubs. And it's like, I yeah. feel so bad that it's like put away and what do you do, you know? And <laughs> yeah, mean, we're there's... trying to, we're trying to figure out what to do. We had a, I had an attic all the way around the back of it that just had, boxes and boxes of hats from winter circle when when you win race you get the, you gotta the, do the hat dance yeah, yeah do the hat dance yeah. you yeah. get all the hats and uh i got boxes of that stuff and jackets and die cast <laughs> and so we took it all out of there because i was scared it was going to go bad and set it in the floor at my i got a little museum there at my house and uh i'm trying to figure out what to do with it exactly I mean, boxes I bet that would be so fun going through all that though (laughs) like I would looking at it a lot of eat that right oh yeah yeah Yeah, we got some great great photos and albums and pictures that people's never saw you know is there anything that you can think of that my dad that that sort of sticks with RCR today um in terms of you know uh uh part of your culture here and and I have so many awesome memories of coming up here like New Year's dinner remember we used to come up in the back of the shop and eat our pork and beans and greens and all that good stuff and you know the camaraderie obviously it was a lot different back then because it was smaller scale Mm -hmm. but and and our businesses are so big today in the sport but you know something that you've just taken this way with you in you know that that reminds you of him or something that kind of y'all learn together you know yeah you know like i was saying earlier one of the traits of dale earnhardt that he was with his friends and everyone was his loyalty yeah you know and uh he uh he was the most loyal person one of the most loyal and i think that's one of the traits i know that i've carried i've tried to be loyal to everybody and i've got people that's been here 35 years and uh you know it's just that was one of his greatest traits was loyalty. In uh, 1985, we had blew like 11 engines that year. We'd come back from Pocono. He had always come up to my house. Him and Teresa would spend the night there occasionally, and uh, we'd fly out to the racetrack and fly back in, have his car, and uh, we came back from Pocono that day, and I sat on the wall right out there at my house, and I said, Dale, 
I said, man, you're too good to be here. You need to go. And I had another year on the contract. And uh, I said, you need, this was 85. And I said, you need to go find, hook up with somebody else and drive for them because we're just not, you're too good a driver to be. We'd blown all kind of engines. I think we blew 11 that year before we got it. <laughs> I know what that's like. <laughs> and uh, so I never will forget him sitting there. He said, Richard, we started this together. We're going to end it together. And it didn't end like me, either one of us had planned, yeah. but he was that type of guy. And uh, I have his 2000 contract that we signed hanging on the wall up there. You'll get to see it when you go up there. And uh, it's in the museum, and that's the kind he was. 90s. Did you ever have a conversation after that about driving? Like, you know, did are you just at that point, y'all were together, that was it. Yeah. just going to do it together. Yeah, and that – you know, I hadn't really had any plans of getting back in the car. And the reason I got out of the car was we were in Talladega in 1981. And uh, Rod Osterlin had sold to J.D. Stacy, And Stacy, Dale didn't want to drive for Stacy. He felt he had been sold out on. And uh, so that's the reason he came and the guys with R.J. Reynolds and Phil Homer with Goodyear and all of us put that deal together that night in Anniston, Alabama, in an old hotel up there. I think it was a downtown or whatever it was. And uh, those are the memories that I have, and I got so many uh, of those. I wasn't ready to quit driving, but I could see the future of the sport, where it was going. Uh, I could get a few top tens here and there and, and run good. You know, I finished fourth in the points one year. It was the best year I'd had. And uh, – so I could see where it was going. I was getting pushed back. Um, next thing you know, it was hard to run in the top ten. You had Jim Stacy, Warner Hodgdons, uh, Osterlin, M.C. Anderson, all the money people coming in. And each time a money person would come in, they'd push the independents back. And uh, uh, life's about getting breaks. One of the greatest breaks I got was when the opportunity came along Although I wasn't ready to quit driving, I knew it was a great opportunity to see Dale and put him in the car yeah. and uh, rest of his history. Rest of his like history, as they say. Yeah. That is the truth, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. This is um, some good stuff. Carson, you... So, uh, Carson, what do you think? <laughs> what do I think about yeah. what? Now, you're, this is your first uh, show here with your mom and... Uh, an old guy that was a good friend with your granddad, and we raced together. I never looked at Dale as working for me. Yeah. I, you know, I don't yeah, look yeah. at yeah. any employees here working for me. Yeah. I, I like to say they work with me. You I know, say the same thing. Work you, we work alongside, you know, and, yeah. and we're all in, and everybody's important piece of the puzzle, no matter where you are within the chain of the organization. The loyalty stuff that you talked about is it rings so true, and I think that was definitely – ingrained to Dale and I and and how we operate and work and um thank goodness you know like that's how the whole relationship with Nationwide came about because mm -hmm. we can honestly say we were we've been there for 30 some years you yeah. know and I remember my dad taking me over there when I was 16 to to get my license to get my little insurance certificate and uh working with the same agent and the same people and and all of that kind of thing so uh that was definitely yeah, that's, that's one of the traits yeah. that the sport's missing today uh is a lot of people. Uh, we had we had an opportunity to uh, go with uh, a ma another major company. This would have been in '87 because I think our contract went three years, and uh, we met at Pocono. Dale and I went in there and met with this company, and it it was more money, but we knew both of us knew that Goodwrench came along at the right time, and picked up our sponsorship and helped carry us and. Uh, we didn't we didn't go with this other company yeah. talking about business meetings like that with my dad um and and you alluded to the fact that uh, you guys uh i know my dad quit school in the eighth grade and um was always very regretful so that's where that. i get it from <laughs> yeah you yeah. don't he she doesn't like school either <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I, I know that what he regretted that decision yeah. majorly um so uh, did I. because it it wasn't um, you know, he, he would ask me all the time, you know, how do you spell this or, you know, whatever, but he had so much common sense yeah. and so much business sense. 
And to me, one of the things when people ask me today, you know, what I feel like I gained from my dad is, is that in negotiating to be fair. And if Mm -hmm. it doesn't work for you and it doesn't work for me, it's not going to work. And if it only works for you, it's not going to work long term. Yeah. And, and don't you think that's how he was in those situations? Yeah. And, and a lot of times I don't think he quit school because he didn't, didn't like school. Oh no, he wanted and, to and race. Yeah. And he, <laughs> that's all he, he seen to do. an opportunity to, to go out and race and, and I quit. Oh, I had yeah. some brothers and sisters and I, I just decided I needed to Were you try one to of the older? In yeah, your I was family? the oldest. Yeah. So you were. And the so I, uh, helped kind of take care of them yeah. and, uh, but I think that uh, a lot of it's just street knowledge mm-hmm. and, and understanding and, and looking at where people are. But today, if he was here and I'm here, I'll tell everyone, you got to finish school and get your education. Yeah. That's yeah. the number one thing um, that I tell all of the – Yeah. Carson, anyone. she she, she you – know, we talk about this a lot. She's like, Literally, you know, I, don't, all the I time. don't need to know <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, and I'm like, math you don't. things, like, like – you- graphing and all that stuff like i don't need to know that like i the extra math junk like i know you just want to know how to i know how to add subtract multiply divide i'm i have common sense like i'm i think i'm pretty like street smart like i think i'm fine but and 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 all that is probably very accurate i agree and and i tell her richard it's about accountability and dependability and responsibility because all those things are going to matter in life, right? When she yes. comes to work for somebody, yeah, <laughs> you know? I think the biggest thing that you you miss, and and I thought I knew I could add and subtract, and just like you had said, <laughs> but the thing that I think I missed mostly was a lot of the English stuff, and uh, yeah, and if I could have kept on going and going, but I've been able to to do some other stuff to try to learn on my own, and I think with computers today and. Uh, the way you can holler at Alexa over here. On, on <laughs> we have all those too. Alexa. We have those in our house. <laughs> Alexa, spell Carson. <laughs> yeah. So uh, today, but I, I, one of the things I think I missed about it was number one, having it on your resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's and, and it's nothing that you'd want to have is that you had to quit school or you didn't. It wasn't you quit. I think as much as. There was other things in life yep. that you had to do, but mm-hmm. it's very important, I think, for everyone today to get a, a really good yeah. education, especially with the uh, technology that's out there. You never know where you will end up uh, with the technology, you know, yeah. so that's that's it's a big important. thing about the educational side of it. It is. That's true. Is there anything that you look back on your time with my dad and that you would you would want to change or or... Other than obviously losing him, that'd yeah. be a big thing I'd want to change. <laughs> yeah, you know we, you know I, I miss the calls we used to yeah. get. He'd yeah. sit, he'd call me at night sometime and say, "Well, I know you're sitting there finishing that glass of wine." He says, "Let's talk a minute," <laughs> and we'd talk about racing or talk about something at DEI or RCR or where we are. And I never would forget he called me in two thousand. Uh, and one, it was 2001 when he ran the 24 yeah. hours. Mm-hmm. And he says, we had finished second in the points in 2000. And uh, he says, I'm going to make you a better road racer this year. He said, we're going to win those road races. We will win that championship. And we never talked about winning the seventh championship or eighth championship. We talked about nine and ten. And we finished second a few times in the the championship and uh I think we finished second to Rusty in 89. I don't know, several times we checked up short, but it wasn't for the lack of of trying yeah. that all of us put in, but uh I just hate we didn't get more of the championships for yeah. him that yeah. I know that he deserved and yeah. he ran in uh that's probably one of the biggest things yeah. I regret. Well, people ask me, they um, you know, it's like how can you stay involved in the sport and how can you watch your brother do this and how can you watch you know how can the one of the bigger questions is how can I let my daughter do this right yeah and um I know dad always said I, I'm if anything ever happens to me I'm doing what I love I'm doing what I love and that's what you take that that for me as much as I you know hate the way everything has turned down is that's how you move along you know yep. and and you know that 
this aspect of what we do in this sport and where we've all come from and seen the growth of it and been in it so long that it's our love. I mean, it's our passion, you know? So, um, that's what I always tell everybody is if, uh, Hey, he loved it. I love it. So, yeah. you know, yeah, we, uh, I don't know if you ever heard me tell the story about the great horse wreck on the mountain. No. Uh, well, I haven't heard this the whole story. It is. I kind of want to hear it. <laughs> I, tell it because I, I know bits and pieces of it and I heard it when yeah. I was younger. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we were hunting this was out. This elk in, hunt, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're elk hunting out in, uh, New Mexico and it was ice and everything. And, uh, we were climbing this mountain and we had to get off the horses and, uh, the guide had a mule, Dale had a horse, I had a horse, and we'd hold on to the tail of the horse going up the mountain, and the horses would kind of drag you up the mountain, all of us in a line, and uh, <laughs> we were headed up this mountain, and I had Dale's horse's tail, and he had the guide's mule's tail, and we're going up this mountain, and I, th I don't know if Mike Corrier was with us, it's another hunter, it might have been, uh, I don't forgot who it was, but it was four of us going up that mountain. Well, all of a sudden, Dale's horse started hitting this ice, and it flipped over backwards. So, hell, I had to get out of the way because it was going to fall on me. <laughs> so, myself and the horse went off the mountain, and it, it busted me up pretty good and <laughs> broke bust, busted uh, his gun. It was his horse. Oh, so, he had gosh. to use my gun. And uh, so, he come running down that hill, and he said, he was as white as that paper. He says, are you okay? Are you okay? And my nose was blood running all down my nose. And I said, yeah, I can't hardly breathe, but I'm okay. So he, uh, make a long story short, we get back up the mountain. First, he started cussing me, saying I pulled his horse off the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. You know, so we get back to camp at night. We're sitting around the camp. And uh, we were on the way to Phoenix to race. And uh, I said, Dale, you know if something bad would happen to me on this mountain today, you'd have had to went on to Phoenix and raced. And uh, uh, he looked at me and he said, if it ever happens to me, you got to go race too. So that was sort of a pact mm -hmm. uh, between he and I. And that made it, I was ready to quit. Oh, that was hard as hell to yeah. do for everybody. I, I, had, I was ready to quit. <laughs> and I was on uh, Mike Hilton's, which back then was Jun uh, Bill Jr.'s doc. We were waiting. Uh, this was a day or two after we had lost Dale and was waiting to come back. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, I told my wife at night where I said, I'm quitting, I'm getting out of this. And uh, so I was on the mat out there on that dock, and I was just thinking, you know, and I got thinking about what he told me. And uh, I went inside, picked up the phone, called Bill Patterson. I said, Bill, you get Kevin Harvick and uh, – Y'all be at the shop. We were coming back at night. Y'all be at the shop tonight. We're going to go race Rockingham. And it all came from the, what Dale and I used to call the great, yeah. great horse wreck. You know? <laughs> so uh, that's how it helped me go on. And then there's, and that is what he would want it. That's what yes, exactly. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the uh, there's healing points. You know, you all of us will never get over it. But there were healing points along the way. And I look back at at the healing points of that year and and there were two or three key ones i think when steve park went to oh, Rockingham, yeah, absolutely won the race kevin harvick goes to uh, atlanta atlanta and wins and dale jr wins in daytona i mean i think those yeah. were healing moments for the race fans yeah, and me i know it was uh when dale jr won daytona that was probably the biggest yeah. healing point for me you know so that's yeah. that's how life is, and uh, it is. It's we're what doing it what us. what he would want us to do today. <laughs> that's right. And he I would. know we would really be proud of his whole family because uh, you know what Dale Junior's been able to accomplish, what you're doing with uh, over at uh, Junior Motorsports, yeah. and and he'd be so proud of you for going out and racing and having fun and doing what you want to do. And even so, prouder when you finish school. That's, he's going to be very <laughs> proud of you. I tell you what, he'll be the first one to tell you, you're not going to quit no school. No way. Yeah. I'll be, well, I tell as, her all the time. As much as I think we would have so much fun, I feel like we would definitely butt heads a lot because we're so similar. And it's just like we would get in arguments about school just the same way that you and I do. Like yeah. I feel like we we would 
We he was a disciplinarian, a wasn't he? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. He could do that. We were in military school, you know, during some of the time that, that in the late 80s there and, and coming back and forth over here. And uh, I tell Carson all the time, I'm like, if my dad, if you – if if you talk to me, if I talk to my dad the way oh, yeah. you just every, talk every to me, once or be like, whatever he it got is, the yeah. Belt out, oh my like, gosh! Oh, I yeah. said, oh, you wouldn't have survived, girl. And she's like, oh, that's so 1800s. I'm like, it's not that long ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my mama would have brought a switch oh, out on me. Or you'd have to go get better. it yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah, picked I've a mini. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being at Mama Earnhardt's house when I was like in third grade, fourth grade at time frame. Going out and getting switches off the old rose oh, yeah. bush, yeah. What's yeah. a switch? Uh, a limb. A little <laughs> a limb. piece of wood off of a... What's a switch? Sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm thinking like light switch, not... You tell it's a different not... day than when it was when we were brought up. You'd get your switch and you had to take your britches down. <laughs> I know what britches are. I know what britches are. It's not a switch. All right, we'll wrap up here in a minute, but I did... I wrote something down I wanted to think of. So when you were telling the story about Dad and um, the horse, and, and I can just think of, you know, he, he was a jokester and putting you in the headlock and all these different things. And, and he always wanted to like prove a point, you know? So I, I can think of so many stories that I witnessed at Don Incorporated putting Jeep up on a, a garbage can. One of the guy's Jeeps, he, he took the fourth lifts and put it up on the garbage thing and got this donkey out and rode it around Dale and Hart Incorporated just to show that he could ride the donkey and stuff. Did y'all, you have a moment like oh, that Lord, with him yeah, yeah. where he's he, just going to show you up? Oh, yeah. he. <laughs> I got so many of those stories. And uh, I guess it was 84 when he very first started running from we were at Rockingham. He knew I hated snakes. Mm. So he always had a rubber snake. and He'd throw it. And I jumped out of the truck that day and twisted my ankle. <gasps> I was hobbling around. He said, you're just putting on. I said, man, you're <laughs> scared the snake out of me. <laughs> yeah. And uh and you know, he'd take and crawl under somebody's car jacket up to the racetrack and tie a tie strap around the drive, the drive shaft. shaft. Yep. And you go, click, 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 Someone click, did that stuff. to me when I was in California last time I went to go. I'm like, what in the world is that noise? Because I didn't know that that was like a, a prank that people do. And I'm drive yeah. oh, I'm yeah. like, Dad, he, what is going he on? Did he's that. like, they gotcha. Yeah. yeah. He and had a lot of <laughs> uh on different hunting trips we'd be on. He'd uh, slip out of the tent, would be in there, and I'd be asleep. He'd slip up. He'd get a shovel or something and go under there where I'd be sleeping and go beating on it and try to scare you. <laughs> he'd take, I'm going to ride way ahead of y'all. And he'd ride way off in the uh, somewhere. And then all of a sudden, he'd be hid behind the bush, and he'd come out screaming and hollering, get your horse to rear up and about throw you off. So <laughs> I got a lot of those tales, you know. And oh, God, too funny. What about taking up for him and some of these uh, on-track altercations that happened along the way? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I, I did that. I've never seen, in my eyes, I've never seen him do anything wrong. And I've seen people back either. into him on the racetrack. <laughs> Labonte that night at Bristol and... There's a lot of a lot Pass of times, in the grass, yeah. lots of good ones. Yeah, and uh, you had to be. I right ain't there. sure I didn't aid him on on some of those things. Oh yeah. I think uh, you didn't have to aid him on much, but if you need any, <laughs> I was the type of person that would say, I know uh, that day up at uh, Pocono, we were last lap coming through the tunnel over there, and uh, Jamie, not Jamie, but uh, Jeremy. Jeremy Mayfield. Yeah. Was that yeah yeah, yeah that was yeah. He got into Dale. And we come back around. We was going to win the race. And anyway, he got into Dale and come back around. And before he got in there, he said, Richard, don't you do nothing. Don't you do nothing. He knew I was well. <laughs> he had to up. tell you then. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I get over there, and I was hot, man. I wanted to do something. And he uh, he said, you leave it alone. I'll take care of it. And that's kind of a driver he was. <laughs> but we had a good relationship. We both – seen eye to eye yeah. would come for taking up for yourself and yeah and he would take up for me if i needed it yeah i know he would all right well i didn't i didn't ask you i got one i got one more one oh you well you go ahead because I'm, I'm gonna end with mine okay if you could describe dale in three words what would those three words be Oh, uh, I'm sure there's a ton that you could yeah. think of well, that's, right? that's, <laughs> you did pick a hard one for me to come up with you know it uh It'd be hard to just pick out three. It'd, mm -hmm. it'd just be on and on. But, uh, you know, he was a passionate person about what he did and his race fans. I got many stories about 
If something wasn't right, he wanted it right for his race. He was very passionate. He loved his family. He was a family man, and he did so much for people that people never knew that he did. Uh, helped them out financially or did other things for them. Uh, he was a very passionate person about helping other people. And like I said earlier, loyal. He was a very loyal person, not only to us, his family, and uh, the fans, but he was a very loyal person to our sport as well. Yeah. That's just two or three, and I could go on and on. Oh, I know. I, I'm I'm not shy to say, I mean, he – he was one of the baddest-ass people I know. I mean, literally. I mean, yep. literally just there wasn't hardly anything that he couldn't do. I can't even think of anything that he couldn't do, but just smart, passionate, loyal, kind, yep. intimidating. I mean, just everything. I mean, he just he's – a, he's a And a prankster. Hard one to describe, to, yeah. to describe in a short yeah, amount you, of time. It's hard to do it in a three-word. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah. 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 That just made me think of the yeah. old Winston bull I gave him. We won the Winston just real quick. I know yeah, we no, go. no, no. We don't got to go. We, We're on your time schedule. <laughs> we, uh, I gave him uh, this big bull. I went over here in Winston. We had won the Winston, I think, in 84, 85. In there somewhere, he'd won the Winston. So I gave him this bull, and he called it, named him Winston. So he calls me up. Uh, I don't know. We was getting ready to leave for a race, and he was going to ride with me there. And he said, I can't. You're gonna to have to get somebody to drive that car. I can't. I can't drive that car today. He said, "This week." He said, "Oh, Winston pinned me against the wall in here and busted me up." And I said, "Man, you gotta be." I mean, I was in a panic yeah. then. And then he started dying laughing. I just wanted to tell you, I got the bull, got him put up. <laughs> Joking and a pranking. Yeah, I went Joking and, and uh, went and helped him load it up that day, and it was right before we was going somewhere else and. uh I bought it from Graham up here in Winston, and uh, as soon as he got back home, I guess it's four or five hours later, he called me. That was before cell phones. <laughs> yeah, right. I know, and, and you're driving to races. And yeah. <laughs> so. I don't get how y'all did that. Like, yeah. You're uh, in a we, car for, like, how many hours, and you don't have any, any communication. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, like, a walkie-talkie to the van behind you. But we like. had CB radios. <laughs> I Actually, remember. I've always wanted, like, one of those. Like, just to get on there and, like, just talk. <laughs> yeah. We uh, breaker, breaker. tell you how old I am, not how old I am, but when we used to go to Riverside out there, the interstates weren't even done then. The interstates weren't done from all the way California. across the country. <laughs> yeah, even from here to Atlanta. I can remember going to Daytona Beach back in the early 70s, and it wasn't 95 mm -hmm. down to uh, Daytona. So you had to like take like, like back, back roads. roads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was back roads. Yeah. All right. When we were putting together, you know, our, our questions and research, um, it, I shouldn't be any surprise. But you and Judy have been married over fifty years. You yeah. got uh, Ty recently married. Been married a couple years. You got Austin recently engaged, engaged and soon to be married. What What is the secret to to that long of a marriage? <laughs> <laughs> you know. I tell people it's because I was gone. Share with me because you can share with them too. <laughs> yeah. I tell people because I was gone about half the time. <laughs> but I think, I think you know, we we were just uh, uh, kids growing up. Uh, it's a different time and generation, grade, yeah, yeah, too. Eighth grade, and we dated from eighth grade till uh, we turned 21 and we got married. And, uh, you know, it's just, it was tough. You know, it was tough back then and just running little race cars and doing things I was doing. But uh, I think I think the biggest thing is just, uh, you know, with, with her, you know, we both knew each other and we, she knew what I wanted to do, that I loved racing, and she uh, went along with it. I never will forget we went to uh, dirt track in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, down at the old Columbia Raceway, and uh, she wore a white <laughs> top and a white <laughs> bottom, and she was red when we left there and with mud and she wouldn't get out that was about the last trip we broke down the old truck and we slept under it her and tina slept in the truck tina was just a baby and i slept under the truck oh my and, gosh uh, so she put up with a lot and still to be there she's pretty tough little lady and all these 50 years you got a lot yeah. more stories like oh, that yeah. <laughs> a lot of them yeah 
Oh gosh, well that's awesome. Um, congratulations on that. That's a thank you. Long time. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun. I have enjoyed it, and uh, just appreciate your time today and sharing well, stories. We you. could. I know sitting. We could for sit here forever. Days and yeah. days. I want to sit here forever and listen to more. Carson, it's great to have you here and to hear a few of those stories. And uh, it's, uh, you know, right here, I, we're looking at Dale on the cover of the TV guide. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to give that to you. I've Aww. got so much. I may Thanks. have one at home. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he was, he was an icon to so many people, the working man and woman out there that he always knew where it, he never forgot where he come from yeah. and he would say i still know how to weld on a trailer if i needed to he worked at a trailer company and that's the kind of man he was and uh and i think that um he would be proud of you and like you say you and him would have so much in common <laughs> you'd be if you're spoiled now you would really be spoiled there <laughs> About like Austin and Ty is with their grandmother. I can only imagine. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We're going to finish up with rapid fire. So these are supposed to kind of be quick. Okay. Uh, highlight of your career. Highlight, highlight. of my career? Oh. Your span's so long. I don't know how I you come you up know, with you. Winning that first championship, <laughs> I think. Favorite racetrack? Uh, it shouldn't be, but I love Daytona. Best advice you've ever been given? Uh, be loyal. Favorite activity to do outside of racing? Hunting. Hunting, hunting and fishing. <laughs> and I'm also the uh, uh, second vice president of the NRA. I will become first vice president in April and the president of the NRA in uh, 19. So, 2019. Yeah. So I thought that's that was big, on your horizon. Yeah. That's so it's, awesome. uh, it's a great honor and to be able to uh, spend time and, and help protect our Second Amendment and do things. I know Dale would be right on that board oh, with me yeah. today. Mm -hmm. Oh, he yeah. Oh, yeah. He would be right there with me. <laughs> he him. would. All right, biggest pet peeve. Well, that's a tough one right <laughs> off. Oh, I know. I'm, I tell people I'm not impatient, but they tell me I'm, I'm very impatient. You're person. very impatient. Yeah. yeah. So, so you don't you like things to you don't like waiting? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, don't like, like waiting. waiting. All right, Richard. Well, it's been really fun. I'm so excited to to have you as my first guest and and lead off these Daytona activities for the season. And just good luck to you guys. Good luck to Richard Childress Racing and everything yeah. you've got going on. Thank you. And it's it's been fun and getting to spend some time with you, Carson, <laughs> and, and you, Kelly. I I feel like you all are family somewhere in the line. For oh, yeah. Sure. All We're of us there. Are. Yeah. Okay. Well, all thank right. you all. Thank all right. You. Thanks yep. so much. Now it's time to talk about hair with our favorites by TG. This is my favorite hairspray. Oh, my goodness. I love that dry shampoo. Every show, we will feature one of our favorite TG hair products. Carson and I have handpicked our top favorites and we'll share them with you guys throughout the year. I am really excited about this segment, not only because I love my hair products, but I'm even more excited to share them with you, and I'm constantly changing my hair, so like this is right up my alley. <laughs> so for our first week, we're featuring Urban Antidote Shampoo and Conditioner Resurrection. I really like this shampoo and conditioner because I like to get my hair colored and could never decide what I wanted to do. So I'm like always changing it, always doing different things, which eventually took its toll and will take its toll on my hair. And after a few uses, I could really tell a difference in this. Yeah, I can see that your hair has a lot more shine, and it really looks healthier overall. Back to the way that it did before you started coloring your hair every other week. <laughs> it wasn't every other week, Mom, but it was more than I should have. But really, I can see that I have less breakage, and now it will help protect my hair when I do continue to get it colored, just not as much as I used to. Be sure to check out Bedhead's Urban Antidote Shampoo and Conditioner line and all of the other great products from TG, which can be found in your local Fantastic Sam. For a location near you, visit FantasticSams.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 